go. Are you ready? Great. We all think we're ready, aren't we? <laughs> we say that very carefully. We, we think we're ready. So, well, I want to talk to you some more today about the Holy Spirit. Uh, last time, I shared with you from the last 13 into the beginning of John 18. This is one continuous discourse, non-stop. So go with me to chapter 13 of John, and we see that there Judas betrays Jesus. Verse 30, He then, having received a sob, went immediately out, as Judas went out into the night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And then continues, non-stop, giving us the longest discourse ever. So that gets us to John 14 and 15, great chapters on the Holy Spirit. There's more in these chapters on the Holy Spirit than anywhere else in the whole Bible. That's why we're in it tonight. Talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Then it ends up, this discourse, with this great crescendo, Jesus praying what we call the high priestly prayer. Now, everything you need as a Christian is in these three or four chapters. You're looking at it very close, everything you need in it. You need to know, you want to know, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Big question all the time, over and over. How do you fill with the Holy Spirit? Law, books are written about and everything else. Well, it's very simple here. Uh, I'm amazed at the simplicity of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Is that obedience? He will keep. Don't say I love God if you don't obey him. (laughs) Doesn't go together. Our culture tries to put it together. It doesn't go together. So, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. Must be some special way, because he loves the whole world. In a special way, filial way. A father will love him, and we, who's we? The whole company. <laughs> father, Son, Holy Spirit, we will come unto him. And do what? Is it clear here what it says? Make our dwelling place, our abode in him. Confirmation by the Apostles, Acts 5, 32, somewhere there. And God has given the Holy Spirit to as many as obey Him. It could come right out of here, John chapter 14. And uh, But now what I want to bring to your attention again today, first in review, and then we start to cover new territory, 
It's what we have in chapter 14, verse 13. Here, uh, just a minute, I'll try to find that passage. What he says, and let's see, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 17. He will give us the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be what? Two participles. Totally different. There's a difference between with and in. Okay? So, the in would be coming at Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, it will start coming, Holy Spirit will be in his people. But before that, they were, the Holy Spirit was with God's people. Always with God's people. And that's also wonderful. And I share with you that, you know, people back there, for most of the history of humankind, we are Biblical speaking, we're 6,000 years old. For 5,500 of those 6,000 years, that is most all the time, people did not have a Bible. We think they always had a Bible. We act like it. We like the Bible is everything. You cannot walk with God Without the Holy Spirit. By the Bible itself, you don't have enough material to walk with God. I'll prove it to you in a few minutes. So hold your doubts. But I can't prove it to you right away, I guess. (laughs) Okay, just go back. Genesis. Did anybody have a Bible there? Did you ever read that little scripture? And Enoch walked with God. And God took him. That's that's what God measures men by. Wow. That's what God measures men by. Right there it tells us in the very beginning what God measures men by. Not how many souls they saved or whether they preached or what books or this and that. Have you walked with God? And you cannot walk with God without the Holy Spirit, but you can walk with God with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He was with Him, not even in Him. The Holy Spirit with Him, and because the Holy Spirit was with Him, the Holy Spirit led Him. (laughs) He walked with God. Now, you ought to start getting concerned. If you find out you're not walking with God, it's time for you to start walking with God. Well, I try to help you to get there if you're not there. Then you go on to uh, some other notables. We skip smaller things. Uh, Abraham walked with God. He heard the voice of God. Go here, do this, do that. Take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him on the altar. He heard the voice of God. 
And then the voice of God stopped him at the last second. These people walked with God because the Holy Spirit was with them. They heard the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Moses <laughs> didn't have a Bible. Didn't have a scrap of the scriptures. He was the first one who wrote a scrap. Okay? He started the Bible, the manuscripts. Forty years in the wilderness. He learned to walk with God. So uh, it goes on to all the prophets, on and on and on. How many times did it say, and the Lord said, and the Lord said to the prophets, to people, ordinary people, anybody, the Lord spake and the Lord said. So you have, we're running all the way up to the day of Pentecost when we went from with to in, a super step. And now we have people coming from 17 nations to Jerusalem to be saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. So, now they go back home to their respective cultures with their respective languages. Did they have any gospel tracts? Anything in the back pockets, a little bit of literature? Maybe, uh, you know, one of the epistles? Or a few verses? Nothing. Nothing. How do you evangelize with nothing? The first epistle was Thessalonians. It was not published till 21 years after Pentecost. Gospel of Mark was not published till 31 years. The first gospel, Mark, not published till 31 years after Pentecost. People running around all over evangelizing over the Roman Empire without any gospel, New Testament literature whatsoever. And very few, very, very few Old Testament literature because there was no printing press. Okay? And so everything had to be hand-cupped, very expensive, hard to get to. I mean, there was so, such an explosion of souls being saved, they couldn't keep up with copying this stuff. People were saved by preaching a lot of the preaching from the Old Testament. That's true. I just I just broke the ice the other day. Just my sister, eighty-four years of age. I, I, I'll give it back to you again. So great. A few weeks ago, at eighty-four years of age, having lived lived a life of bitterness, anger, resentment. She saw her daddy die of starvation. She saw her baby sister die of starvation. Her marriage fell apart. Everything else went the whole lifetime. At 84, she got to the hospital. Gideon gave her a Bible. The Gideon said, now you read Psalm 23. Read it over and over again. Did he make a mistake? He should have read John 3.16 or something like that. 
She read it over and over again. I come back from Hawaii. Before that, she hung up on me. She was mad at me. <laughs> she says, thank you, Raimar, for calling. I'm a Christian now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Woo, 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 woo. I was bawling. I'm not a baller, but I, I was bawling more than ever with anybody in, my, in the world. 84 years of age, completely. <laughs> old Testament. We don't need to read the Old Testament. It's old, old. <clears throat> so, now, let me go on here. Being a teacher and not a preacher, I, I like manuscripts, lots of them. Now, I want to tell you something here, that at one time, if you're born again, at one time you heard the voice of God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Again, without you hearing his voice and following, hearing and then obeying, following, you cannot walk with God. So, I want to remind you that when you were born again, instantly the Holy Spirit started telling you what to do. Every one of you. If you didn't hear the Holy Spirit telling you what to do, prompt you, then you haven't been born again. The Holy Spirit, when a person is born, again, instantly he hovers like over the creation back He hovers over him and he's giving him instructions to protect this baby. You know how we love babies? God loves babies like that. Newborn babies. I mean, you know, tries to keep them alive because they're very vulnerable. I'll tell you what he told me. He probably told you. The basics. I want you to pray. I want you to go to a prayer meeting. I don't know of any example in the book of Acts where Christians did not go to a prayer meeting. (laughs) I just don't know. He told me to witness for Jesus. There's no question about it that what I had was also belonging to others. I had no monopoly on this great salvation. I began to witness for Jesus. Every day I was thinking about, praying about getting somebody saved. That's still with me today. (laughs) I do not, you cannot live a Christian life without having a burden for the lost unless you're dead. You're dead. He didn't tell me this, but uh, because I didn't have any money. (laughs) But he might tell some of you, have told some of you, get your financial priorities in line with the kingdom of God. But he told me years later, I was not tithing, didn't know anything about tithing, never heard a sermon on tithing. uh, Or if I did, I didn't pay much attention. I worked for the government, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit said, you need to tithe catch up with all the tithe you missed for was it two or three years 
Lots of fun. And I did. I caught up. And uh, he told somebody else, start dressing for women. Dress godly. Don't expose your body. Dress godly. If we don't do everything the Holy Spirit tells us to do, we lose it. The party is over. He doesn't speak to us anymore. I mean, everything he tells you to do, you need to do it, everything. Like when a master has a servant, the servant does, yeah, he does 80% of what he's supposed to do. But, you know, a few things. Yeah, he, he doesn't take the garbage out, you know. Well, you know, just forget it. Don't be so, don't be so radical, right? Come on now. You're fired. You're fired over one violation. Okay, it's over. We learn from the, the first lesson we learn in the Bible in Genesis, the very first lesson we learn. And today's Christianity, we're skipping over it. I mean, if you take a great arch right over the whole, whole Old Testament, really. The first lesson is a man and woman ate something that didn't belong to them. What's the big deal? Yeah, what's the big deal? The big deal is God said, don't eat it. That's the big deal. Didn't make a difference what it was. And they ate what they were not supposed to eat. And God said, what? You're out. Did he walk them out sweetly and gently? I'm so sorry this happens. You know, but I still love you. You're so precious to me. He drove them out. Drove them. That's not a pretty picture. He drove them out of the garden. And had two cherubims placed in front of that with flaming, flaming swords. We have to have a new perception of sin. God hates sin. Sin is rebellion. It's rebellion. If you don't do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you are in rebellion. You're in a riot. So uh, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. can't walk with God without the Holy Spirit leading us. So the Bible gives us uh, the general foundation of truth. truth. Absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Don't mess with it, the Bible. For example, it tells you that you need to witness. Go into all the world, etc. But it doesn't tell me who to witness to. Uh, there's four or five guys here. What to say? Nothing in here tells me what to say to Johnny Brown or to Lisa Goodenbecker. Nothing. The Holy Spirit will, it says here, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Verse 26, but the Comforter, John 14, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. All things. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together. 
Don't marry an unbeliever. But, you know, just marry believers. Well, how many believers are there? When I was a young man, how many Christian girls were there? I mean, there were dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens all over the place. We went to the Bible conference, there were girls all over the place. They loved the Lord. Do not be unequally yoked together, marry a Christian girl. Which one? <laughs> the Holy Spirit helped me find this one when she... When she walked across my path, I had thousands of girls probably walk across my path on the university campus. You got 20, 25,000 students. She walked across. That's the one right there. Hallelujah. Now, let me take a big step here. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach you all things. What does a teacher need? Students? And what do the students need to do for a teacher to teach? Hmm? Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. 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 Shut up. Be quiet. Listen. Attend. And sit out the class. <laughs> Don't just go in for five minutes and run out because you want to do this and that. Sit out the class. till Sit there till he's done. Okay. Whatever you want to learn of any significance, you have to go to class. To be a cook, airline pilot, engineer, computer science, whatever. You need to attend class. And the more you want to learn, the more what classes you attend. Okay. So most people get up in the morning... Have their prayer list. Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And thank you for loving me and thank you for the food on the table and goodbye now. I gotta go, I gotta go to work. No, you don't have to go to work. Get up a little earlier and wait on God. Make time for the teacher to teach you. Attend his class and let him teach you. You think you know it all. I'll tell you, you know very little. I know very little. Very, very little. I know just just a smithereen. Some of you think, I, you know, I'm obeying God in everything. I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't have the joy of the Lord. I don't have the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I don't have it. So I must not be obeying God. Yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> I've got a good brain. You think you are, but then... You find out you don't have the fruits of the Spirit. Well, you get alone with God. Sit down, wait on God. And let Him speak to you and teach you. And it won't be too long. He take His little shovel right there. The spot right there is a thorn or a thistle in your life. Right there is an attitude that suddenly comes to the surface. Right here is something that I asked you to give up 25 years ago. And you were not willing to do it because it cost you too much. It was not convenient. You might lose friends over this. You might lose your job over this. That's why you haven't given it up. <laughs> I'm speaking from the scriptures and from personal experience. By the time you're in your 80s, you start having 
a bunch of personal experiences. This is what I gave you as working. It's working in Russia. It's working in Latvia. It's working in India. It's working in Egypt. It's working all over the place. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go for it. So, I, I, I hope you get this point. You cannot walk with God without the Holy Spirit leading you. Can't. And that's what that's what people did throughout the ages from the beginning, from Enoch on all the way through. They they were led in the see the Bible the Bible, the New Testament didn't come together. Uh, actually the Gospel of John, the writings of John were not written till after the destruction of Jerusalem. <laughs> And they were not put together till the 4th century. The 4th century, the church agreed what to put in the Bible and what to leave out of the Bible. There were many other manuscripts. But then from the 4th century on till 1500, till Martin Luther, you could only read the Bible in four languages. Good luck. I'll give them to you. Greek, Hebrews, Latin, and Aramaic. How many knew those languages? The shepherd, the shoemaker, the builder, the housewife. And until that time, there was no printing press to distribute the scripture. For all these years, from the beginning, from Adam on till Martin Luther, they were walking by the Holy Spirit leading them. Amazing. So that's what you need to do. Now, uh, you say you don't have time. Uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall lift up as wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, true praying. I'll tell you, who covers more ground? The ego, who is renewed, or the worm who crawls on the ground? Yeah. With the Holy Spirit, we're like eagles and strength. Without that, we're like worms that haven't developed into, you know, anything. We're, we're just, without the Holy Spirit, it's moaning and groaning and fruitlessness and disappointment all our lives. Amen. Now, we, now, you see, we have most people go to church and say, well, you know, I, I think I'm saved because, I mean, I read the Bible. I go to Bible study. I put some money in the offering plate. I witness once in a while. I do this and that, a few things. And they, they have this false feeling. It's a fantasy that if they die, they go to heaven. Everything's okay. It's not okay. The devil gives you that feeling. The devil deceives you and makes you feel because he wants to, he wants you to keep that way. 
lukewarm, so he makes you feel good about it. That's very dangerous. You're deceived. We've got to be all for God. So, uh, I don't have time to waste time. By not spending time alone with God, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour a day, whatever, letting the Holy Spirit talk to me. By not spending that time, I'm wasting time. Because I end up making wrong choices, the consequences of which will last the rest of my life and into eternity. Into eternity. You end up buying the wrong car and have all kinds of troubles. You wish you would have had some time alone with God. He could have told you. Never forget uh, Bill McPhail. You remember him, preacher. He was kind of an odd preacher. Some of us are real odd. And Brother Helm, he said uh, he was going to buy a certain car that he really liked. Brother Helm says, that's the wrong one. And 20,000 miles, the transmission will give out, get it out of this car. Now, the one is a good car. It's a yellow one over there. <laughs> a yellow car for a preacher. God can tell you. He will teach you, guide you in all truth, teach you all things. Like he told, you know, uh, Paul to go to Rome, he can tell you what kind of car to buy, what kind of woman to marry, what kind of man to marry. And once you marry the wrong person, it doesn't take long to find out, it'll bother you the rest of your life. The rest of your life. Oh, it pays to wait on God. So here, Moses waited on God for 40 years, uh, being in the wilderness there, taking care of sheep. You know how much brain it takes to take care of sheep? Maybe 10% of your brain, you know, like cutting your grass, you know. And the rest of the brain had a big brain, 90%, communing with God, learning from God. And Isaac went out in the fields at night to meditate, to meditate, to reflect on the Lord. The Lord told him about himself, about himself, about his relationships, about where he was off course, where he was going too fast and where he was going too slow. All of this the Holy Spirit taught him. Then you have uh, uh, Susanna Wesley is, is one of the women examples. So like Susanna Wesley gave the world two of the greatest men of God, John and Charles. She had 19, she birthed 19 children. And what she would do, she would not cut her waiting on God time short. No excuses. No excusable excuses. Several times a day, she pulled the apron over her head. (laughs) She was in the sanctuary. Everybody knew, leave her alone. She's meeting with her father in heaven, asking him for direction with her children, whatever it was. A price to be paid. Isn't that boring to meet with God alone? Now, wait a minute. (laughs) That's the least boring thing you can do if you really are alive, to meet with Jesus, the Savior of the world. So, now, what happens when you are by yourself 
I'm going to quote here because that's the best way I can do it. If you backslid, first of all, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Pick off where you left off in your disobedience. He'll forgive you. Jesus' door for the prodigal son is always open. Hallelujah. Always open. He has a work for you yet to do. Yet to do. A great work for you yet to do. So then, as you meet alone, attend the Holy Spirit's classes, relax, listen, and praise His name occasionally. As you wait upon Him, you may sometimes find yourself in different zones of prayer. There's zones of prayer. Adoration, holy worship, divine revelation. Suddenly He'll open to you hidden treasures of the Word of God. You've never seen before. Illumination, observation, refinement. I'm still being refined. I still feel sometimes I like an elephant in a china store. But he's working on me. Exploration. Adaptability to circumstances, to situations. There are times when all of a sudden he'll help you to discover something fresh about the kingdom of God, and at times so God may take you on a journey where you actually might end up in the third heaven. Wow. Wait on God. You cannot walk with God without the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jerry.